He's just, all right, so we're recording, so, okay. Hey, everybody, uh, welcome to Nice Guy Deep Dive. I'm Ben. And I'm Maddie. And what we're going to do is we're just two nice guys who are going to take a little bit deeper dive into topics that we find interesting. So today is our episode one, I guess we'll call it. And we're going to talk about taking risks. So let's see what yes. happens. So Addy, man, what made you choose this? Now, we're not going to do like a Q&A, right? We just decided we're going to chat. But I got to ask you, because this was your topic, what made you choose uh, taking risk as the first topic? Yeah, it's always been kind of like an interesting uh, struggle for me since I was a kid of like taking risks and actually realizing what actually are the pros and cons and making that decision. So there's there's two parts of it, right? The first is actually having uh, the, the mental decision. And the second is actually having the action or the follow through with that risk. And I found myself many times taking the mental decision that I'm taking the risk. And then the next day, like not having to follow through with the action. And that's kind of what triggered like me just into like self-development. And I mean, it's always been a very fundamental question for me. I mean, when, uh, so, you, when you were a kid, you actually thought about pros and cons of doing something? Yeah, I'm saying more like when I was a teenager, per se, more than you, like But actually, even as a teenager, you thought about that? You actually like, was like, hmm, pros and cons of jumping off my roof. You really thought about that stuff or you just kind of did something? <laughs> that, I mean, I, I, I was one of those who actually thought about those things a little bit more. Maybe that, I, I, I don't know if you did. Are you saying you didn't? Uh, I did not. You no, just I went wasn't for it. You just like, well, the first no, thing that came really, to your mind, you went No, I was really kind of a quiet kid. I really didn't. I was more worried about my mother. So <laughs> I didn't do a lot of stuff. I just didn't want to hear it. But um, I was really, I'm just really fascinated with the fact that as a, as a teenager, you actually thought about pros and cons, but I don't even know if that's what we're talking about here. I think you're talking about um, actual thought about a risk and then didn't follow through. Yes, I think that's exactly. more about what this is, not opposed to pros and cons. And then moving forward, you're like, should I, should I climb that mountain or not? Oh, then you say, yeah, I'm gonna climb that mountain, take that risk. And then you forget about it. I mean, I remember it. I don't forget about it. I just don't do it because either it oh. overwhelms me or it's just something that is like, you know, okay, you you were a little bit like, you know, emotional the previous evening or whatever. And you're like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And the next day, like reality hits you, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel the whole book, Don't Worry, Mr. Nice Guy, like this is a fundamental theme of, of just us underlying many of the breaking free activities. And uh, I think it, while it's, it's definitely something that many people, like you know, different people have different struggles with this, um, Dr. Glover really breaks it down in so many different areas, like taking chances in your love life, with your career, with like your personal relationships, which really is very, very, uh, very central yeah, theme to the book. Yeah, but that's too broad of a that's too broad for what we're doing though. I mean, do you want to talk about taking risks in like any one area, like taking risks with love or taking risks in business? I just don't want to get all uh, too lofty, and I really want to keep it into the eye because that's what okay. you and I normally do. So, I mean, 
so how can we let's how can we approach this where what kind of risks do you want to talk about taking risks in personal life in business and in, in families i mean yeah yeah i said i'll let's, say this i'll say this for me for me risk taking is more about knowing myself and knowing what i want to do if a risk is right for me right i don't jump on a train track just because it's there unless somehow it's right for me to do which it wouldn't be but you know what i'm saying so i mean i think a lot of it for me risk taking has a lot to do with about being about who i am and my authentic self and and moving from that point of view <clears throat> yeah yeah I, that, that's that's a great point and i think um when you talk about being more specific about it i think one thing is like taking risks in business and career like in particular that's that's the that's been the one that i try to like you know focus on quite a bit and um knowing what's the right next step that you take in your career is uh, almost like a moving target you know because 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 you just need to be uh, very strategic and forward thinking and and at the same time there is this huge element of like oh what if it goes wrong you know what if i totally sure fail? i mean that's i guess that's one of the uh, essentials of risk is that you just don't know what the outcome is and i think what stops a lot of people is trying to figure out what the outcome is like trying to lay out every possibility so you spend all your time literally looking at all the different possibilities rather than doing something so i mean we've talked about this i think um what is it uh in power in power vulnerability brene brown she talks about perfectionism yeah. is the opposite of vulnerability and it's kind of like that with taking risks like we try to lay out every single thing that could possibly go wrong and then we move just so we don't we're not shocked but i find that to be i mean calculated risk maybe but man you can never you never know until you actually do you know yeah there's this idea of the analysis of paralysis i think that's what it's oh, called totally and you're just stuck in your analysis. head <laughs> totally it's the worst it's the absolute worst but i find it it happens more often than not and people i i'm going to say people even though this is not about me but i find that people use that as an excuse to not do and it masks itself as actually doing something right so i'm doing the analysis therefore i don't actually have to do the thing but you think i'm doing something does that make sense? 100%. I really think that people, so you know, I'm really big in the entrepreneur community and I find people do that all the time. And I just want to say to them, you're not doing anything. You're playing at doing something. You're pretending to do, so you don't really have to do something. Yes. And I feel this has been a very running theme in many of our conversations because whenever we talk, it's always like, like the, I'm like, I'm thinking if I say this to Ben, the next question Ben's going to ask is, well, what have you done about it? Well, it's really right? true. We did that with your piano, right? We did that with, yeah, sure. But you can, you do the same thing with me. It's like, especially when we were talking about me and dating. And I said to yeah. you, like that one guy, I said to you, yeah, he doesn't really do much, but he does blah, blah, blah. And you were like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> How could you be with somebody who's not a doer? who just, right? So yeah, so that's good. That's why we're good friends because we can call each other out on that stuff. 
Hundred percent. Like I don't think this is someone whose values Ben doesn't vibe with, and Ben's a doer and Ben's an action right. taker. So hundred percent, this is like if, if, if you're not seeing it as a friend, I'm like, well, hey, I'll tell you. This is what I think is, is in I my opinion, great for you. It's, it's kind of interesting how we compromise ourselves for, to get something we want, right? So I was really, I was literally willing to bend with what I really needed and wanted because I wanted. I thought I wanted a relationship more than actually being true to myself. So that was kind of a mess. Um, that, well, that didn't, I won't say a mess. It didn't really work, but you know, now I'm friends with that guy, but it's just not going to be anything more than that. But um, taking risks, man, how was your interview? You had an interview. How'd that go? This whole week was about that, right? Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. You know, definitely uh, was 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 good to work on the case study, learn more about it, um, figure out their industry. So I think in terms of that, it kind of helps. And yeah, considering even any potential move, like mm-hmm. actually looking at the uh, well, again, we 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 go back like the risk assessment of your of your taking an uh, an actual new role, and I mean. It really made me think of certain areas where I feel I might be lacking or certain areas where I feel I could be, you know, um, doing a little bit better. So in some way, it, I feel I need a little bit more practice with this stuff. Um, but it was good. I mean, I, I, I like speaking to the person. He was uh, explained the company's overview. He explained how the teams worked. All that stuff, like, you know, was uh, a good experience. Yeah. He- so this was the um, the case study you did, and this was was this the four hour yeah, yeah. interview? Well, yes, yeah, so the, the actual four hour thing hasn't happened yet, and oh, and, and, and and I won't name the company right now because this is probably going to be online stuff. But 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 I think it will happen sometime next week. I want to say in like like seven to ten days as well. So what time. was the what was the difference between? I mean, this was a risky thing to do, right? You, you don't know where it would be. It's for a, a, a startup or a right startup company. Um, you've been in, you're in like banking industry. You're like in a very set, very risk averse in a sense um, position. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, what made you strike out? What made you kind of want to like step outside the comfort zone and, and try this out? Yeah. I think always wanting to, be part of something that's like small and that has this kind of scaling up you know mm-hmm. i think that's really important for me because part of it is like if you are at that stage you have to kind of put on like multiple hats you know so mm-hmm. it's very interesting from a learning perspective and um you don't know that's the thing you don't know if, it, if it's going to work out because of the variables involved in like a small company right but it's uh, true yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know that you know that better than anyone. Having your own uh, your, your own company, so I mean, in it that is, sense, I mean, it's it's yeah. yeah I what, mean, are, what are your thoughts on on that uh, that scaling up? Well, I, I mean, I've uh, I I actually left a full time job to go work at a startup, and I was there for three months, and it was a complete disaster for me. So I left. And I was like, oh man, now what am I going to do? I don't have a job. But, you know, I didn't, you know, it's so funny. I kind of looked at this as the chance for the opportunity 
right? And I didn't really think about what would happen if it didn't work out. I don't really like to enter things like that because it's almost like you're you're setting yourself up to have a bad outcome. You know, I mean, yeah. I grew up with the whole idea of, um, you know, having a backup, right? You should do something, but you have a backup. And I find that when people, when I have that backup, I tend to back up into it, you know, because I don't, I don't put myself a hundred percent into something because, well, I can always have this over here. So that's kind of, I don't, that's kind of what I've been, I, the way I approach risk. Um, now it's not risk. I don't risk things like I'm not going to go to space. I don't want to be an astronaut, so I'm not going to do that. But I do think I do risks that I think would be hopefully worthwhile. Anyway, that that um, startup failed miserably, and I was really lucky to get my full time job back. But I don't regret doing it. I mean, I learned a lot, but um, it really is a risk, man. If you get this gig with this company, it could very. I mean, it could go under. It could be successful. You could be a billionaire. You could be. You could work hard. You could do. I mean, all these things are possible, and that's really the idea. It's like if you're ready to take on that adventure. A hundred percent. I mean, that's you just en encapsulated like this whole idea of like taking a risk for starting a new venture, and I mean that's. But but that's that's the excitement. That's the actual excitement of of, mm -hmm. of like you know doing something new, and I think that too often the idea of having um, a backup, like you just said, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People use that as a crush, and 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 well, well, well again, we should use the I. I will say I, and and I have used that as a crush in the past, and and I don't know exactly. So as you mentioned, you also have. So but we've all done that, and at some point there was this idea of uh, commit first, commit to something first, and after that figure out like you know what you need to do to get there. So it's it, it's it's interesting. It's like there's a, an element. There's an element of that. There's an element of that. I mean, again, you know, the thing is about, uh, hold on one second. Hold on. Sure. I'll have to cut that out. My cat decided to eat some plastic. <laughs> no so worries. I'll, I'll cut that out. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> eats plastic. So um, where were we? Where were we for my cat? Oh, uh, we we're talking about having a backup and how, we, we, how oh. you and I use it as a crush in, in the past. Yeah. Um, that really comes from my parents and that really comes from, I think, you know, your parents grow up in a certain time where, um, you know, either money was scarce or jobs were scarce or something there was a, a, a scarcity, right? I mean, right. We can talk about scarcity and abundance, right? But yeah, it was a yeah. scarcity. So it was always, that's great, but that's, that was my mom. That's great, but, and it's always been that, but that you end up listening to, right? So being an actor is great, but if you go to college, you get a degree, right? Yeah. I mean, it's that kind of a thing. You know, it's great to have these dreams, but a bank is steady. You know, a bank gives you security, X, Y, Z, whatever. So um, I think what I'm really curious about those, because you said that as a teenager and maybe into your 20s, you were very much about like, I'm thinking about risks, but then I kind of just don't follow through. But you've changed. That is that I don't see that as you anymore. When do you think that yeah. change happened? When did that change happen for you? That's a good question. Uh, it's that change happened. I want to say about 2017-ish, like four and a half to five years ago. Really? 
Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. And what was the, what was, was there any one thing that happened? Yeah, it was very uh, curious because I was well, so as, as you know, and well, if people are listening to this for, for them, the next thing, I used to be living in America for about like eight and a half years and now I'm in London. And in America, the immigration system is kind of different. So as an, as an immigrant, like you have these visa lottery systems and you see like if you kind of go into a pool with people and let's say 40% of the people get a visa for, for, for that year. And then it's like the next year, there's another, another lottery and, and all that kind of stuff, right? So, so essentially in 2017 was like a big moment where I was like out of opportunities to apply for a visa. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, what, what do I actually want to do? And I never imagined to be in a situation where I would have to face that decision. I always thought things would go smooth. And one of my one of the ideas was like, hey, just 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 leave America, go somewhere else. That was option A. And option B was to like, hey, maybe I should go back to, to business school. So I, I I did a degree at Rutgers, Master of Business and Science. And it was like, what do I do? If I go back to school, I'm putting in... 50 grand of of like of, of my own money mm -hmm. for another degree and if i leave the country i i, I can't i didn't feel that i was finished in the us and i was like something this is totally like a huge risk for me and like because mm -hmm. that 50 grand i worked my I, I worked my butt off to earn that 50 grand in the past two and a half years mm -hmm. uh, so i was like okay well you know what you know what, you, you, you only live once and this is something that's totally different to what I've done in the past. I've always tried to look at, I think it's a very linear path to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And when I did, A, it was, it was very, very freeing. I honestly really, really felt that once I removed that sort of expectation in my head of having a linear path, of actually being okay with with a with with totally different path and still and still thriving in that path because currently I was still able to uh, maneuver myself into London and having a great job here. So, 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 so while still being successful in spite of having this non-linear path, that was something that uh, I never thought would be possible. Yeah, but, it, some, but something clicked in your head where you were no longer like thinking about it and then like brushing it off. It's like, I'm going to do this. And you said this, was, how old were you when that happened? Oh, you're how old only, was I? I was 30 something. 28. I was 28. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I moved to New York when I was 33. I basically, um, it was the same kind of thing. I kept saying to my friends, oh, I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to move to, I'm going to move, I'm going to move, I'm going to move. And finally, I'm at a party and my best friend was, was hearing the conversation. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to move. And she literally pulled me inside and she says, either move or shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing this. So literally within a month, I was in New York because she was right. You know, she was right. It's like talk is like so it really is cheap. And actually, to this day, I'm not a fan of talkers um, uh, to an extent. I mean, people talk. You have to talk about things. But then there are some actions that have to be taken in order to move forward. And when those actions don't happen, I lose interest very quickly. So, so, so I'm curious. So you said you always wanted to move to New York. So in those few years, what was actually going through your mind that prevented you every time when you were like, oh, should I go to New York? Uh, it was pure fear. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know how to get an apartment. I didn't have a job. 
um, leaving my family, leaving everybody I knew. I mean, it really was that, if you think about it, it is that simple. It really was, it was all those things. And then when she said that, I don't know what it was, but it just was like, what am I waiting for? You know, kind of like your moment. It's like, what am I waiting for? And I literally bought a one-way ticket. I didn't even buy a round trip. I bought a one-way ticket. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I don't really know. It was just something that said I could do it. Some, I don't really know what, but something in my head said, I can do it, do it now. You know, I'm not a kid. I'm 33. That's not a kid. You know, I'm still finding myself, though. But And it was leaving my family. And it was leaving, you know, uh, I really, I didn't realize how much I relied on my family until it was time to leave. And you're like, oh my God, I really, you know, and not always in the best way, right? But there, so that's kind of what it was. And it was really the best thing I ever did for myself was uh, getting on that plane and not knowing anything and literally just having to rely on myself for for everything you know it was um yeah it was pretty crazy but I'm, I'm really glad I did it and uh yeah so I've been in New York now over 21 years August oh, 3rd 1999 cool. baby <laughs> exact date yeah but no, I, 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 I still I finding... go ahead sorry. no no I, uh, I, I was gonna say <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Uh, I was going to say, it's interesting that our stories were kind of similar in that sense. We both had that moment, like, like you know, where it just clicked or where we, we, we took that step. And, 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 and somehow it brought me thinking to the fact that, like, is there a limit or is there, is there a point in time where you can do this? And is there a certain, I guess, point in your life where you just don't have the strength or the forward momentum to do it? Because... I, I know friends of mine who always struggled with like just, you know, speaking out or about, about anything and, and even like making a small step towards a, towards like a, a big, big goal in their head. And, and, and we're like, well, well, I mean, is it, is it just a strong barrier? Because I know for me, for the longest time, the barrier was always doubt. The barrier is always doubt and fear. For, for, for some people, it could just be they don't care enough about achieving their goals. Well, I mean, for those people who don't care, you can't do anything about that, right? I mean, if you don't care about it, if you just, if you're one of those people who say, I want to buy a home, eh, and then you just kind of forget about it, it just becomes talk. So. The last thing, and I feel like, so for me, like if a goal, I have a goal now, and if I have a goal, let's say after six months, I feel that. That if I care more, like, like it's possible I could care more about the goal in six months than I care about it now, you know? Well, it's really true. You and I were working on this. You were helping me um, with my goal list for my, uh, my yeah. coach, my business coaching, right? So at that point, it wasn't about um, what can I do today versus, well, it was about listing everything and then ranking them, right? So it's totally possible that you list something you want to do, but you're not ready to do it yet. So it ranks at the bottom of the list. That doesn't mean you don't want to do it. It just doesn't mean you want to do it this minute. Yeah, so I think no. that's totally fine. And to be honest with you, if it comes time to do it and you're not interested anymore, that's okay. I mean, yes. that's the thing. 
there's erasers on pencils, there's delete on keyboards, nothing is in stone, right? So I kind of, I kind of think of it that way. But what mm. I was saying is that my, what I did was talking about moving and talking about moving and not doing anything. And that mm -hmm. finally got on my friend's nerve because <laughs> she's a doer, right? And you can yeah. really only take so much of that talk until it drives yeah. you nuts. Right. I, Before you're like shut up or, or, or it's or really it's it's yeah. really true. I mean, and that's why you and I are friends. I, we would I will tell you this: we would not be friends if all you did was talk. We just true. wouldn't connect. There would be absolutely no way unless we were like related somehow, and then we'd have to be family, right? Yeah, like you and, and my and brother you, or something. Yeah. Just to add context to anyone who's listening, we've been having conversations like this for the last I don't know twelve weeks, ten, oh, 10 I have no twelve idea. weeks where. And, and we just thought like, hey, might as well just, you know, uh, put a mic, like, you know, just, just, just talk and record this and, and share it with all of you. Yeah. yeah. I love how you say all of you. Nobody's watching. Nobody's <laughs> listening. There is no audience. <laughs> well, 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 hey, you know. Uh, maybe there will be, but maybe there will be one day. Um, yeah. So risk. I don't know, man. Do you want to, what else do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about this some more? Um, do you feel you got a handle on this whole risk thing? Um, I think so. Like, I, I, I think now I'm in a position where I think I've got a handle on the risk. Um, but it's interesting because I actually worked in risk management in the past. So actually, yeah. it's kind of been like my, my profession to work in risk. And that's a totally different ballgame. Like, Isn't it different when you're assessing somebody else's risk versus your own, though? 100%. So, I mean, your, your stake in that risk is your job, maybe, and you get your paycheck, but you don't have a, a personal stake in it, other than you want to do a good job, but you don't assume any of the risk. Yeah, I mean, I mean so, so there's actually one, so, so I, I was never like a trader, but, but, but I actually know traders, and there are traders who's like, well, I mean, when they're trading, like they actually sometimes assume some of the risk on behalf of the firm. So, oh, so, so, yeah, so that's, that's interesting. So, so, that's the one exception where like at work, a risk for someone could overlap with your own risk. Well, but I would say for me, it was never that overlap. But if you're a trader and you work on commission, right, your, their risk is your risk. Yes. Right, because if they don't make money, you don't make money. So it's, it is more personal on that end, but you're a salary guy. Yeah, so it's was, it was fixed. Whatever so. happens to that company, it happens, but you still get a paycheck. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do have a bonus component, but it was like not as high as like, you know, those the traders yeah. are like, let's say, still not the most same of thing. it is bonus. Yeah. yeah, which is really, not, that's a cumulative thing, right? Over the over the aggregate of a year or something. But I guess, yeah. I don't know, man, I guess, how can we relate risk back to maybe, I don't know, I feel like, let's do this. Let's come to an end on this topic. And I'll stop the recording and then we'll let's just you and I have a conversation. Um, because I feel like I'm done okay. with risk at this point. I'm gonna stop the recording now. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, let me just do this and then I can cut the thing. So th this is the end of episode one. We talked about risk. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna button this up. Um, thanks for watching. If anybody's watching, nice guy deep dive. Um, hopefully we'll get better at this. <laughs> as we go on, but I just want to say goodbye for now. And Addy, what do you want to say? What's your farewell going to be?
So, adios, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and he says adios. All right, cool, thanks.